This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. In the Sermon on the Mount, we have the most complete biblical exposition of Christian non-duality. But it's not the type of description of non-duality that you normally hear today. It doesn't talk about consciousness. It does not present a monistic or pantheistic or panentheistic worldview. Jesus speaks of how oneness with God in all things is expressed in behavior. And among other things, he says it is expressed by loving our enemies. Now, this is not the first mention of loving enemies in the Bible. I recently read an article in the Christian Century by Matthew Schlimm, assistant professor of Old Testament at the University of Dubuque Theological Seminary. He is a pacifist who says he learned his pacifism from the Old Testament. He says the Old Testament says every bit as much about loving enemies as the New Testament does. And then he gives examples. He writes one of the Bible's oldest laws says that if your enemy's ox or donkey wanders away, you should return it. The next verse says that if there is someone who hates you and that person has a donkey that's suffering under a heavy load, unable to move, your job is to set the donkey free, especially if you don't want to. When Leviticus 19 talks about loving your neighbor as yourself, he's talking about a neighbor who has wronged you and whom you think deserves mistreatment in return. Proverbs 25 tells people to feed and give water to their enemies. It is the Old Testament, he says, that dreams of a world free of violence when weapons will be turned into gardening tools. And then he writes, Jesus didn't invent a new ethic of nonviolence. He was simply a really good interpreter of the Old Testament. As he says, when kicking off his Sermon on the Mount, he didn't come to abolish the law, that is the Torah, but to show its fullest sense. Non-duality is most clearly represented in the Old Testament in the biblical word shalom. The word is normally translated peace, but shalom is not the absence of conflict. It is present no matter what the circumstances Years ago, when I was starting seminary in 1974, I submitted an essay on the topic of Shalom to a contest sponsored by the Baptist Peace Fellowship, of which I was a part. They would print the winning essay in their newsletter, they said, and they asked for essays on the meaning of the biblical concept of Shalom. And I had studied the biblical concept of Shalom extensively, during my undergraduate time when I was a religion major. My understanding came mostly from Johannes Peterson's great four-volume work entitled Israel, Its Life and Culture. 
Shalom, I learned, does not mean peace as we normally understand it. It's not the absence of war or conflict. It's what we might think it is. It is the holistic divine presence that is present at all times, even in the midst of war. In that way, it is very much like the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita that I talked about in the last episode, where Arjuna found peace of soul, even in the midst of battle. It's not by accident that Shalom sounds a lot like the Sanskrit word Aum. They both originate as the sound of the breath. They both express the divine presence at all times and in all circumstances. And that is what I wrote in the essay. Not surprisingly, my essay was not chosen for publication for exactly that reason. What they wanted was an essay that supported an ethic of nonviolence and pacifism. Shalom, if we're honest with their biblical use of the word, does not do that. I presented an understanding of shalom that is present in war as well as peace. It is expressed by the Apostle Paul when he writes, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is shalom. That is the peace of God that transcends understanding, as Paul describes it elsewhere. Shalom is non-dual awareness manifested as peace of soul that surpasses understanding and is present in all circumstances and conditions of life. According to Jesus, it is expressed in love for enemies. Now, it does not mean we do not have enemies. That's important to notice. Peace is not the absence of enemies. It means loving your enemies. Let me read you what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who cursed you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. According to Jesus, love of enemies is taught by the sun, when it shines on the evil and the good, and by the rain when it falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, it is the way of creation. The Tao Te Ching calls it the Tao. Jesus' instruction to love our enemy comes out of this understanding of reality that is expressed in nature, including human nature. The key to understanding Jesus' concept of peace and non-dual love is the last sentence of this passage. Jesus says, Therefore you shall be perfect, 
just as your Father in Heaven is perfect. That is usually badly misunderstood. Perfect does not mean never making a mistake. That's impossible, as the Apostle Paul makes abundantly clear elsewhere. As we saw in an earlier episode, there was a, that was impossible even for Jesus. Jesus never claimed that sort of perfection for himself. The word translated perfect here in the Sermon on the Mount is teleos, which means the end to which all things point, namely the kingdom of God. The word perfect means wholeness and completeness, which is exactly what non-dual reality is. Jesus is pointing us to wholeness, which is the meaning of holiness. The word perfect means right or mature. When a peach is perfect, it doesn't mean it has no flaws. It means that it has reached its end, its fulfillment and completion, and is ready to eat. The world, in that sense, is perfect. That does not mean there are not problems and suffering and evil in the world. It means that it all works together as part of a greater completeness. That is what the creation story of Genesis means when it declares that the whole creation is good, and indeed at the end it says very good. It does not mean there are not bad things that happen, like animal suffering and human suffering. That was true from the very beginning of the earth. It means that it's all part of a bigger, perfect, you could call it, unity. In spirituality, we are perfect or complete or mature when we are aware that we partake of the completeness of the whole. We could also use the word righteous. All is right. That's what righteous means. This is liberation from the narrow, dualistic view of the world. It's salvation from sin, which is war between right and wrong, good and evil. This is forgiveness, which sees sin as part of a better, greater whole. Jesus says we are to be perfect as God is perfect. He's not calling us to be sinless, which is an impossible task for any human being. That just sets us up for failure and for guilt. He means that the world is seen from a divine perspective. God shines the sun on the just and the unjust and sends the rain on the good and the evil. We love our neighbor as ourselves, even when our neighbor is our enemy. The only way we can possibly do that is when we see the world in perfect union with God. As the psalmist says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. It is to see wholeness where others see division. That is what it means to be perfect, whole, complete, one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It is to be one as God is one. That is unitive awareness. That is shalom. That is perfect peace.
And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.